0: What makes long-distance leaders great? What must you put into your own leadership repertoire to build an effective virtual team? Today, we have the founder of the Remote Leadership Institute and the author of The Long-Distance Leader, The Long-Distance Teammate, and soon to be the author of The Long-Distance Team. On today's podcast, Kevin Eikenberry will share how to build trust by making sure you are understood how to prepare for meetings because you now have fewer total interactions, and of course, how to create more interactions rather than transactions so that you can effectively lead and team anywhere. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your host, Mitch Simon on the West Coast, and unfortunately, we don't have our amazing co-host, Jene Bianco Mathis, On the East Coast. She's out today. But we do have on the podcast, we're honored to have Kevin Eikenberry, the Chief Potential Officer at the Kevin Eikenberry Group, a leadership and learning consulting company that has been helping organizations, teams, and individuals reach their potential since 1993. He's a best selling author with many incredible books on leadership. But the two we want to focus on today are The Long Distance Leader Rules for Remarkable Remote Leadership and The Long Distance Teammate which just came out a few months ago, Stay Engaged and Connected While Working Anywhere. Welcome, Kevin.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Mitch. We've been working to do this for a long time. And while I'm not on the East Coast, I'm in Eastern time zone. So I'll do my best to balance out the country for you today.
0: That's great. Are you in Indiana? I am. I'm in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Great. The heartbeat of America. Crossroads
1: of America, as they say.
0: The crossroads of America. A lot of college students out here go to Indiana because they've heard it's such a great institution. That's
1: where my daughter went, but I went to a school a little up the road called Purdue.
0: So the first question we always ask all our guests is what surprised you the most since you wrote the book, The Long Distance Leader?
1: It's an interesting question. I'm often asked, what have you learned since? But what has surprised me since, we knew when we wrote The Long Distance Leader that the trend was more people were going to be working in different places and not necessarily together. So I think that the thing that would have to say has surprised us is because of the pandemic, how quickly it's changed, right? Where people thought it was an idea for decades, there've been salespeople working (laughs) remotely. There've been senior leaders leading regions across the country. I mean, that's been true for a long time, but in terms of it being a widespread natural way of working, we turned up the volume to 10 in four days and the world of work will never be the same.
0: Great. So what is the greatest difference between being a leader And being a long distance leader.
1: Well, there's a difference, but let's start with a critical point. So the subtitle, as you mentioned, of that book is Rules for Remarkable Remote Leadership. And rule number one is, think leadership first, location second. So yes, there are differences, but there are far more things that are the same than are different. And I think too often, and this is a bit philosophical, in any change situation, people want to focus on everything that's changing. And we have to think about what's changing, but we must remember what isn't changing. And so much about leadership doesn't change, but the nuances that do are critical, right? One of my mentors said to me many years ago, I'm looking over at my doorway, little hinges swing big doors. And so the things that are different are Little, they are nuances. But if we don't get those nuances right, we cause all sorts of downstream problems later. And obviously many leaders figured that out, right? <laughs> Over the last couple of years.
0: Great. So what are some of those little hinges?
1: Sure. So I'll give you a couple of examples. There's no such thing as a leader being highly effective without being a good communicator. But the need to communicate is greater now and my team is at a distance, whether it's all of the time, fully remote, or whether it's in a hybrid setting. So the need to communicate is more important now than ever, and we must now master a bunch of new stuff. We don't just need to be a good communicator in the conference room. We don't just need to be a good communicator in our one-on-one meetings, but we need to be able to do that mediated by a variety of technologies and picking the right technology, picking the right communication mode to use for a given situation. And we never had to think about that before. I'm going to talk to them or I'm going to send them an email because they're not here right this minute because I'm doing it in the evening, or I'm sending it to 12 people, so I'll send an email. But now we have to think, is it email? Is it a text? Is it an instant message? Do we have a phone call? Do we get on a web meeting? When we have our one-on-ones, is it with the camera or not? All of those things are things that we now have to think about, because if we don't, our communication effectiveness goes down. The thing we have to remember about communication is that it's not about sending messages. It's about having our messages received and understood. So leaders forever have said, well, I sent them the email. How many times do I have to tell them? I shared that in the meeting. Didn't they follow Didn't they read the slides? And the point is, it's not about what we sent, it's whether they got it. And we have to work harder than ever to check for understanding
0: and to make sure we're using the right tools to get the right results. I love that. Share with us what that really check for understanding means. Because again, as you pointed out, it's, wait. Well, hey, I gave a PowerPoint presentation. I called somebody, I sent an email. How does a leader check for understanding? And what are you seeing out there are best practices for leaders who you could basically walk up to them and they go, yeah, I know my people understand me. Like what have they done such that has occurred? Well, the first thing is we got to talk less.
1: It's like if you read a book that's really dense, paragraph, paragraph, paragraph. I get books all the time. You do too, right? And I open the book. And the first thing I do is I look at it and I say, okay, well, is that going to be readable or not? Holy smokes. It's all words. There's no pictures. There's no bullets. There's no nothing. And a lot of leaders, that's how they're talking. They're just full on fire hose, rock and roll, buckle up. Here we go. And what we've got to do is slow down. We've got to use story more. We've got to use repetition more and we've got to stop and ask. So what have you heard so far? So what's clear? What's not clear? What do you need me to say more about? What questions do you have? That kind of stuff.
0: I love it. What are some additional rules for being a remarkable remote leader? And also tell us a little bit about remarkable because you use remarkable a lot. So I want to know. I do a whole lot. Tell us why remarkable is such a remarkable word for you.
1: Well, there's two answers. So we'll sort of go inside baseball here a little bit. A long time ago now, we're talking 2005, probably. I'm trying to figure out a way to think about branding what we're doing. I think about Tom Peters in the early 80s and the word was excellence, right? And so could I come up with a word that maybe we could brand around a little bit, but also that had meaning? And I played with all sorts of words and I came to the idea of remarkable leadership. Something that is remarkable is worth remarking on. It's worth noting. It's worth taking stock of. And so we decided to use the word uh, and the phrase remarkable leadership. we branded a lot of our stuff around that. I have a book called Remarkable Leadership and lots more. So from a pure branding perspective, when The Long Distance Leader came out, we were looking at subtitles. I said, well, We need the word remarkable in it, right? So rules for remarkable remote leadership. And I happen to like alliteration. So that all worked. But the fundamental idea here is at the end of the day is how can we be a leader? This isn't about ego. How can we be a leader that's really making a difference? And I like to think that our business is about how do we help people become the leaders they were born to be or capable of becoming. And so that's really where remarkable comes from. So then if you say, okay, what do we need to be thinking about? And we sort of started this conversation already. What are the other things I need to be doing as a remote leader, a long distance leader to be really successful? We talked a little bit about communication. Another one of those sort of core principles is trust. How do we build trust? We know that highly effective leaders is someone that others choose to follow, right? Mitch, right. like if I think I'm leading and no one's following me, I'm just taking a walk. And we know that people choose to follow people that they know, like and trust. So that means we have to be able to build relationships. We have to build trust and both of those things are harder to do at a distance. Yeah. Absence does not make the heart grow fonder. Just doesn't.
0: Well, well, you just broke a cardinal rule there. I don't know if you've watched the Gallup indicators have basically shown that engagement scores are going down nationally. I think it's 4% of the last two years. And a lot of it is based on trust. How can a remarkable remote leader build trust in this environment? Well, let's go.
1: Can we go back to those Gallup numbers for just a second? Yes, sir. Uh, First, here's what happened to engagement scores right after the start of the pandemic. So if we look back and we say, okay, I think about March the 15th is about the day. I think it was the 14th or the 15th that California said, we're shutting everything down and everyone else followed. And the 17th, my daughter was flying home from being in Europe, going to school, and you got to get home now. And engagement scores in the short term went up. Yes, they did. Everyone was all literally freaked out. And their engagement went up because people said, we have to figure it out. And people said, I'm in to help figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So in the very short term, it got better because people cared. Ultimately, that's what engagement is. People care about the work. They care about their teammates. They care about what we're trying to accomplish, all that stuff. And so engagement scores went up immediately. And then they've been on this decline. And it's not like they were awesome before, right? So they've been going down from after that little bit of a peak at They've been going down and it's not been good. So, why are they going down? Well, trust is a big part of it. And we could have a societal conversation say, what are the institutions that people trust and the number of those that there are not very many and they're not what they once were. But the macro truth of that doesn't have anything to do with the micro reality for an individual leader, right? Because we build trust by providing trust. So, I'll start here and I'll give some examples, but here's one of my profound truths. I'm old enough now. Mitch. And I've got the gray hair to say that I can say things that I think are profoundly true. Here it is. Trust is both a noun and a verb. Look it up. Trust exists. It's a noun. And I trust Mitch. That's a verb, right? So the more of the verb we do, the more of the noun we get. I like that. So if I want my team to trust me, I must go first. first. Do I trust them? Am I micromanaging them from their perspective? Am I still offering them the chance to grow and develop? Am I giving them some leash? Am I providing a safety net so if things go not perfectly, that it's not a career-limiting decision? Am I listening to them? Am I asking their opinion? Am I taking their advice? When we do those things, we build trust with another person. And those things aren't any different when we're at a distance. It's just that when we do them when people are at a distance – it sort of shows even more that we really do. It's almost like it amplifies it. If we do what we would have done when we're together, but do it at a distance, it actually can have greater impact because without those things, all of the factors of distance and lack of fewer interactions and all that stuff are negatively impacting it, right? Because here's one of the things about when we're working remotely, we have fewer total interactions, right? If we're down the hall from each other, Mitch, I see you all day long. Not every conversation is something of meaning, but there's lots of interactions you see me a lot, we interact a lot, and now I'm your boss and I'm at a distance and you don't want to interrupt me and you can't see if my office door is open or not. So you don't know if you should re- reach out or any of those things. And so instead of having 80 interactions a month, we have eight i I'm making up the numbers. But the point is that means that every interaction has a much bigger impact. If you screw something up once, once out of eight, 12%, once out of 80, no big deal, right?
0: You know, I love what you talked about, which is leaders need to definitely check for understanding when they're communicating.
1: When we do that, that's a trust-building activity.
0: That is trust-building activity.
1: Here's the single biggest trust-building activity that we can all do. Cost you nothing, you can do it right now. Listen more.
0: Yeah. I love this. Fewer total interactions, FTIs. So it's a new acronym, everybody. That sounds like some sort of disease. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) no, you've got FTIs again. Before I'm going to have these interactions, I'm certain you're going to suggest that I probably should spend a little bit more time thinking about that interaction. What are some of the things that I really should be thinking about, considering I'm going to go from you know eighty to eight?
1: I can talk about that a little bit, but let me just say this: because there'll be less spontaneous, yeah, unplanned, serendipitous communication, that means that more of them will be planned, yeah, right, and, which means that we can take a little time to think about them. What I have in front of me is a journal Okay, and everybody on the team has a page. And every time I'm getting ready to have a conversation with someone that, I mean, not every conversation is planned this much. And I had two one-on-ones earlier this afternoon. And in both cases, I was on the page of the things that we talked about last. It has the list of the things that I might want us to talk about. It allows me to reconnect to the things, both the work and the non-work that we talked about the last time we were together. So, it aids my memory. It keeps me moving forward. And when I'm planning for those conversations, I'm writing questions because the more I ask questions, the better chance I have to not only find out where they're doing, how they're doing, but gives me a chance to shut up and listen. So, by asking more and talking less, I have the chance to not only learn more, but also build my relationship with that person too.
0: That's great. For those of us who don't use paper, We could use it electronically, couldn't we? You could do
1: it on Evernote. You could do it in OneNote. You could do it wherever. I happen to like pen and paper. I use all sorts of digital technologies all day long, but I'm a believer and I think there's some research that supports that writing things down is a good thing. So yes, when I say a journal, doesn't mean you have to go buy one. What it means is you need to have a process and a way to be intentional about your interactions with your team. And another thing that I do, and just to give everybody context, there's 13 on our team. They don't all report directly to me, but there are 13 on our team. And I have what I call the rule of three. One of the biggest priorities for me as a leader each day, and I wear a lot of hats. I'm the owner of the business. I'm a leader of the team. I'm creating content. I'm delivering all sorts of stuff. I'm doing podcasts, all that stuff. But one of my tasks every day is what I call the rule of three. Have I had three? interactions with team members. and By interaction, I don't mean work and weather. Talking about the work and the weather is not an interaction. That's a transaction. So, Have I had a conversation where we went a little deeper, we talked about a little more, and yes, we probably talked about work, but did I get a sense of how they're doing, chance to be empathetic, chance to find out a little bit about what's going on with one of their goals, chance to ask about their dog, a chance to ask about whatever, right? Three a day. Those don't all have to be on the phone or on a webcam, although they probably will be. We use Slack. In a Slack exchange, we actually shared a laugh. We talked about something. The conversation went beyond just the transaction. So that's my goal. Three a day minimum. And so that's another way for me to make sure or improve the chances that I'm maintaining and building my relationships
0: with the team members. I love that interaction versus a transaction. That is a great thing to remember. I think, as you say that, I think about the old habit of like having putting three pennies in your pocket on the left side. Right. Put three pennies in one pocket and I do those three things. When I do that thing, when I ask a
1: question, whatever the thing is you're trying to do, you've consciously moved one pen to the other side. And the idea yeah. being that's keeping you consciously working on those things.
0: Right? Yeah. And for those of our listeners who don't understand, a pen is a writing utensil and a penny is a coin that people used to use to buy things. Okay. So now I want to move over to... The long distance teammate, because a lot of the work that I'm sure you and I do is really empowering teammates to take on roles, which are, you know, taking more responsibility for their own situation. And what I'd love to learn from you a little bit about is question number one is like, what are some of the major challenges that you're seeing that long distance teammates over those who were not long distance? And then what are some of the benefits you're seeing of being a long distance teammate? And how would you leverage those benefits?
1: Well, I think the challenges, I mean, I I did a session earlier today with 60 folks who are individual contributors who are working some or all the time at a distance. And the kinds of challenges that they are mentioning are the same things we've heard for a long time, which is how do I stay connected to my Mm -hmm. teammates? How do I build relationships, especially with the people that I never met because they've joined the team since we left? How do I maintain the relationships if I'm on a hybrid basis? Yeah. Or if I'm full-time remote and some of the team is hybrid, how do we manage the relationships with people who I don't see when some people do see them? Yeah. Right? It's natural that sort of clicks will form in that regard. How do we overcome that? What's expected of me as a team member now, because whether leaders have talked about it or not, the expectations change when we're not all together. And they will change again if you're moving into or have moved into a hybrid model. So people are wondering, how do I stay connected? How do I build trust? How do I see meaning in my work? And how do I know what success is for me? Lastly, another one would be the same communication challenges, right? That we were talking about for leaders before. And much like we said for leaders, the reality is that all these things are things we can solve. We just have to stop and think about them. And the good news is now that everyone has lived through two years of this, One of the things I find myself doing a lot is asking them, so what worked? Let's keep doing that. And it doesn't mean that they've solved everything for themselves, but we've certainly helped people build some confidence because they've seen times when it's worked. And so let's make sure we can help them keep
0: doing that and remember to keep doing it. Thank you for that. And what are some of the benefits of being a long distance teammate? Because now we have greater tools at our disposal. What have you seen has worked for some of the team members that you've worked with?
1: Well, of course, there are the benefits of time. The average American spent 27 minutes commuting each way pre-pandemic. So people got an hour on average back in their day. How they've chosen to use it hasn't always been wise, but that's a big benefit. We have the time. We have the economics of that, of not having to do all that commuting. So that's certainly a benefit. The benefits of flexibility, the benefits of perhaps being available when your kid comes home from school and spending mm-hmm. that 15 minutes with them before yeah. you back to work. And I'm a positive person, as you'll probably meet. Yes. And whenever we look at the positives, there's a flip side and of course, vice versa. So you know, for all of the great benefits that working remotely can bring to us, there are downsides like, have we figured out how to put our work away? There are opportunities for better work-life balance. I think what we are living in right now is a societal change in how we think about work. So for the last 80 years, work has been nine to five, right? 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday. Now, not everybody worked that way, of course, but if they didn't, they always said, "What I work weekends or I work third shift or whatever. And so the societal model has been nine to five, 40 hours a week, Monday to Friday, and that's not going to be the case. And we are living in that transition to what work is going to look like. And that affects everybody, even if they don't all have that change of work, just like we all lived under the eight to five nine to five, 40 hour week thing, even if we didn't all do it. We are living through that transition of how we see work. And so none of us know what all the answers to that are. I have simply been saying that the future of work for all of us, leaders and team members, is flexibility.
0: So if you were to write an X book, would it be about the flexible team? Would it be about the flexible workplace?
1: The long distance team comes out in March of 2023.
0: I was thinking the long distance team. Are you serious I'm 100% serious. The Long Distance Team
1: will come out March the 4th, 2023. The final version of the manuscript is being written as we speak. As soon as we finish this conversation, I'll be in a meeting with Wayne Turmel, my co-author, to work on that second draft of the manuscript. And it really is about the modern workplace. The book is about two things. How do we design our teams for distance? And how do we create and maintain the culture that we want at a distance. So the book is about team design and culture.
0: Any spoiler alerts you can give us on hints on that? No, no now?
1: come on. No, come um, on. Really? I will tell you this in the long distance leader, we had the 3O model of leadership. In the long distance teammate, we had the 3P model of remote work. And in the new book, we have what will be the 3C model that for both team design and for culture, we need to be, always be thinking about these three pillars, those being communication, collaboration, and cohesion.
0: Wow. Yeah. Communication, collaboration, cohesion. That's fantastic. And then I just wanted to let everyone on the podcast know, Wayne Turmel is your partner. So you guys founded the Remote Leadership Institute.
1: Yeah, 2016, I think is when we founded it. And I bought his company soon after that, great web meetings. And so he's a member of our team. He's a colleague. He's obviously a co-author. And we've continued to integrate everything about doing all this at a distance with the rest of our work around leadership.
0: Great. Well, thank you for that. How can we find you? Because it sounds like you have your own website. You have the Remote Leadership Institute. What are the different ways we can find you? And maybe there's something else out there.
1: Lots of ways to find us. Pick your social media channel. If you can spell my name, Kevin Eikenberry, E-I-K-E-N-B-E-R-R-Y. Whether that's TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, I would probably say LinkedIn. Is a great place to go because I spend a lot of time there. I've had the good opportunity to become a LinkedIn Learning Instructor, I have a bunch of courses there. So you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to have you connect with me there. Tell me you found me because of this show. That'd be awesome. And of course, dot remoteleadershipinstitute.com. Lots of ways to get a hold of us, to get lots of great insights and ideas, as well as to reach out to us if you want us to come help your organization.
0: That's great. Okay, great. And before we wrap up, I just want to say walkaways that I got from this podcast was leaders really want to check in the area of communication is am I being understood? And so definitely really ask all the questions. You talked about FTI, so fewer total interactions. So you definitely want to plan those. And then the next point was interactions versus transactions. You want to make sure that you're having at least three interactions per day. And then finally, I'm excited for the long-distance team coming out March 4th, 2023. I want to thank you so much, Kevin. I know it's taken us a while to get you on the show. I know you're a busy person. I know you're writing lots of books. We do appreciate you giving us all these tools and these insights. And we are definitely going to bring you back on in 2023. Music to my ears. I've been looking
1: forward to this. And thanks so much for having me and for asking
0: useful questions. And it's been a pleasure to be with you, Mitch. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you to our listeners. Please go out and share this podcast. Share this with your friends, your colleagues, your family. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the next episode of Team Anywhere.